0: Welcome to the Telford Minster Podcast. Thank you for joining us and listening along. Our vision is to make Jesus known in Telford, and we hope that your attention is grabbed by Jesus today and what he is doing in your life. We are still in our winter series in Christ, working through the book of Ephesians, looking at what it means for us to be included in the body of Christ, what Jesus has done for us, and how he has enabled us to do all things through him. Enjoy the podcast. So Ephesians 2, 1, 2, to the end. Okay, the headings made alive in Christ. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who's now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us who lived among them at one time gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is from the, it is the gift of God, not by the works, not by works that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Therefore, remember that formerly you were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who called themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from the citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ." He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him... You two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit.
1: Thanks, Gareth. Well, good uh, evening, afternoon, not really sure what this time of day is. Uh, But hello, everybody. Uh, My name's Steph, and I'm the Associate Vicar here at Telford Minster. And I can't wait to share with you what God has put on my heart today. Last week, Laura bore this incredible word about being marked and being anointed. Um, I entertained her creative ideas, had oil poured on my head. It took three hair washes to get it out. It was a great talk and just such a a great introduction to where we are now. Well, and the next step of the journey of Ephesians. But if you want to know about that, you need to listen to the podcast, and that will tell you all that you need to know about last week as well. But today, we're going to be thinking about what it means to be included in Christ. So as we begin, I want you to close your eyes or to look at something where you can um, your imagination can run wild. And I want you to remember or think about what it was like before you knew Jesus, If you don't remember that, think about somebody maybe that doesn't know Jesus. Or if you've not given your life to Jesus yet, maybe think about what your life is like now. How does it feel when you hadn't got Christ or don't have Christ in your life? Does it feel like the greatest time ever? Like you're having a complete ball, you're the life and soul of the party. Or do you feel lost and alone, afraid? Or is nothing actually at all changed for you? You might have felt awful. You may have felt loved. You may have felt nothing at all. Okay, you can open your eyes now. That time before you knew Christ, or if you do not know Christ now... I'm gonna let you in on something. You're dead. You're dead. Or at least that's what Paul has just told us in his letter to the Ephesians. He is saying, you are dead. It's a startling thing to hear. And when you think about it, it sounds a little bit mean. Imagine if I just went round to my neighbours who didn't know God or didn't, and weren't, hadn't given their life to Christ and didn't live for Jesus. If I just went round telling everybody that they were dead. I don't think I'd have many friends would I outside of church. If I just knocked on my lovely neighbour's door, hello, do you know you're dead? If I said to my family that don't know Jesus... Do you know you're dead? I don't think they would invite me back for Christmas at all, or maybe even take a parcel in as my neighbors. (laughs) Yet Paul comes to the Ephesians at the beginning of this second chapter to give them this piece of news that surely they did not see coming. You were dead. Paul, of course, is referring to the pre-Christian life. But like these people were likely confused, because they hadn't been feeling like they were dead. They'd been moving around, they'd been dancing, working, maybe having fun. They may have even been that life and soul of the party. They felt far from being dead. They felt alive. They may have been living the best years of their life. And when the Ephesians looked back into that time, they didn't see any deadness. For you then, when you imagine that time before you knew Christ, or if that time is for you now, you may not notice any deadness whatsoever, but you might. You might see deadness. You might see gloom and darkness, and not knowing a way out. But whatever you felt or are feeling, those words hang in there. You were dead. And sometimes, well, something, this is something we're all probably aware of, is that you can't move a dead body very easily. You need to watch a true crime drama to know that to move a dead body probably takes two people, a lot of dragging, and you're always going to get caught. But if you want a corpse to move from one room to another... You'll have to do it yourself. It's not just going to get up of its own accord and move. It will need somebody to move it. And spiritually speaking, that was Paul's assessment of anyone's life outside of Christ. You were dead, and the dead can't do anything for themselves. And that's why there's only one piece of good news the Bible has to offer. And it's the good news that's transformed millions of lives these last two millennia or so. And the news is it is by grace that you were saved. Grace, meaning a spontaneous gift from God to people, generous, free, totally unexpected and undeserved. It is by grace that you were saved. It's not you doing your own thing. And Paul says in verse 8, because you have nothing to offer. So you were dead with nothing to offer. You were dead and can't do for yourselves. But only by grace can we be raised from the dead. Only by that free gift we can be raised from the dead. Only grace can give us access to the work of Jesus. And Jesus' work is the only accomplishment in history that fixes what is broken between God and us. When by grace gives you credit for what the work of Jesus, you become alive again. Only grace can do that. That's why Paul didn't say, it's by your achievements that you were saved. It's by your bank balance that you were saved. It's by the great Instagram feed that you might have that you were saved. It's not by that great job that you have that you were saved. It's by grace. You may be thinking, Steph, what you're saying might come at the end of a talk ordinarily. You might be ramping up to that, you are saved by Grace but actually it's just a beginning bit of you were dead and when you step into what christ has for you you're alive but after that there's so much more that is going to be for you and transform your life paul said it is by grace that you were saved And this has nothing to do with you at all. We may think that we can't, and we aren't worthy of being saved for the bad deeds that we've done. We may be on the opposite end and think, well, I've done everything wonderful and marvelous that you could possibly do on this earth. Of course, I'm going to be saved. Both things are a complete and utter lie by grace you are saved it's about receiving and we as people can be really bad at receiving free gifts we can be really bad at receiving help from one another and care from others because we don't want to owe anybody anything people may even be fearful of letting Christ into their life because then they feel they have to owe something to him that's not true either Get that out of your head, that if if you welcome Christ into your life, that therefore you have to repay him in some way. That is not what is being said either. Things we're not always good at receiving, especially if you think you are the life and soul of the party that you are happy and you're comfortable? Why would you need Jesus in your life as well? Some of you might think, I really need some help out of this pit, this hole that I am in of life. For others of you, you may be thinking, well, I have everything sorted. Everything that I need, everything that I have is wonderful and rosy and marvellous and perfect. So why do I even need? I don't feel dead. So why would I need something to stop me from being dead? Why would I need that? But a life in Christ by receiving this free gift will change everything. Paul describes the difference that Jesus makes in many, many different ways. He describes it as being raised up with Christ, seated with him in the heavenly realms, God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do works which God prepared in advance for us to do brought near through the blood of Christ, reconciled to God through the cross, fellow citizens with God's people, members of God's household, a dwelling place in which God lives by the Spirit. It is Jesus who makes the difference. Are you hearing that? It is Jesus that makes the difference, that transforms our lives. It's not that paycheck It's not that bank balance, it's not those good deeds. It is Jesus that makes the difference to our lives. You can have everything that you could possibly want in life, but your life will still be far better when you accept and receive Jesus into your life. You are made alive in Christ. You are raised up with Christ. You are saved through faith in Christ. It's Christ Jesus that you are brought near it is through Jesus that you have access to the Father by one spirit. It's Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone of the new temple, the church. The only command that Paul gives here is to remember. Who here has occasionally forgotten the good works that Christ has done for them? Put it to one side. Forgotten what has been done for you forgotten to share that with other people been too afraid to share that with other people when you are have your life transformed by Christ there is nothing anymore to be fearful of you have life in heaven with Jesus the things that you have to do here is to share that good news with anyone You've not done Alpha, come and do Alpha. You literally have nothing to lose, but everything to gain. We might forget what it is of being a Christian. We might forget the things that Jesus do. And we shouldn't be doing that because Paul is calling us here to remember and give thanks to the amazing Saviour for all he has done for you and for me. Because it's by grace that you were saved. We once were dead, but by grace we were saved. And now, by grace, we are included. This chance to be alive, to walk this grace-filled life, isn't an exclusive club. It's a a place and a party for everyone. And that was really quite remarkable for these people that Paul is speaking to. I wonder, has anybody here ever felt excluded from something? Yeah? So, I'm going to go back to when I was 16. I wasn't invited to the New Year's party of the year. My ex-boyfriend was. I know. All oh, my friends were there. And even now I feel like I'm going to cry thinking about it. Yeah, that's how cut, how deep it cut in my heart. I found out he was there. Thank you, social media. Oh, I'm not that old. <laughs> social media was a thing. I remember seeing it on Instagram. There he was. I wasn't there, I was going out with my family, that wasn't the cool thing to do. And I remember hysterically crying, like bawling my eyes out to my sister of, I have no friends, I'm not included, they like him more than me. Being not invited to the party is flipping painful, especially when you're a 16 year old girl, believe me. But it can be really, really, really painful. And as humans, we constantly exclude people from things. Not always by purpose, by accident too, by not, just in so many different ways. In society, we can feel excluded because we haven't got, we're not wearing the right trainers. We can feel excluded from groups because we don't have the right amount of money. Excluded from a job because, I'll say it, as women, you might not feel able to achieve it because you've been told, you can't do that because you're a woman. You might have that as a man too. You can't do that because you're a man. You've been excluded from something and that can feel painful. But what is wonderful is that there's a party and a place where nobody, whoever you are, whatever you have is excluded. And it's that person that makes you alive. It's that person that gave you that free gift that Lee has received, that Harry has received, that Dave has received. It's a free gift that we can and receive into our lives that make us alive, that we are all included into. But this is huge, to be included into something, because so many parts are things we are excluded from. And for the people that Paul is speaking to, this was vast. This was huge. Let me explain. For the Jews who one of the groups of people that Paul is speaking to, there was no more wide and deep a chasm in life, the one that separated them spiritually from other people. So there's the Jews on this side. There's everybody else over here with a load of stuff in between that meant they weren't going to accept them, and they weren't going to accept them. Massive. They had been elected out of the nations for God's glory, and the difference between them and anyone else you can name could not have been more significant. This was a spiritual Grand Canyon, and one did not merely leap across it just by getting a good running start even if you are the world champion in long jump. True, there were things that could happen to you to bring an outsider in. Poor name, some of these. A minor surgery literally was involved for men. Uh, a whole lot of education in a very complex set of laws was involved for everyone. And then a hyper-strict adherence to those laws was expected. But in truth, even with that... The outsider remained a second-class person. I don't know if there's a a TV series called Sex and the City. Yep. Sorry, watch that. And uh, in that, there's a character called Charlotte, and she wants to marry a Jew. And even for her, she knocks on the door to be accepted in. She knocks on the door, she knocks on the door, she knocks on the door. And it takes us so many times to be let in. But throughout the series, there's always this sense that she is other. Because she wasn't born a Jew. Imagine if we only let you in. I know some of you come for the first time. Imagine if I told you, go away. When you knocked on the door. When you sent that message and I knocked on the door. And I said, go away. Paul says, no more. Now everyone's line of connection to God is as thick as rock, as solid and permanent as can be. And guess what? Everyone's line is drawn by the same sharpie for the same reason. And it's all about Jesus. Zero about lineage or heritage of ethnicity, obedience, or anything else. Therefore, from now on, all comparison is out of order. All hostility or judging of one another is forbidden. There is no longer an us versus them mentality because there is no more them in Christ but only us. You may have watched, you may be judging people who are sat here today. You may be thinking you're better than somebody here today. But I'll tell you something you are not. It is us. We are one in Christ who have been given the same free gift, the same person died on the cross for our sins. And we are all included. They are all included out there if they want to be part of that party too. Your neighbours are, your friends are, your family members are. The ones who think they have everything and the ones that think they have nothing and are unworthy of that gift. They are all included. There is no longer an us versus them mentality because there is no them in Christ, but only us. And this is huge. There is no exclusion of white and black, rich and poor, on Jew and Greek. Everybody is included. All of us here today are no better than anyone else. We are one big, wonderful family. However you may feel about that, that is what we are being told in this passage, all of us here today. Again, I want to really emphasize the incredible vastness of this wide and uncrossable old barrier that was, or how high and unclimbable this old separation wall once was. Because it's hard for us to appropriate this level of astonishment this passage deserves. But the idea that in Christ, those who once upon a time could have not have been more different from one another are now one, is startling. I'm going to try and give you some examples of how big this is. So, I'm going to go back to teenage Steph not cool kid, really cool kid. For me then, for them to be together, that was never gonna happen. And I really wanted that to happen because I really wanted to be known as a cool kid. I wasn't. That was for me, that was the vastness when I was a child. Now into world, I think we look at our government, the conservatives versus the labor people. That is vast. I think something that's even more vast is members of the Ku Klux Klan being made one with the African-American people. People that were trying to kill one another being made one. I think that is about something that we can comprehend that we will know about in um, our culture and our history that we're aware of. If we can imagine something of the radicalness of any of those scenarios or any others that you would might think about, that we might start getting close to grasping the revolutionary nature of Ephesians 2. And if we begin to sense what it would really take to bring unity and reconciliation among those groups today that clearly see themselves as radically different from superior to other groups they could name, then you start to grasp how hard the work of Christ really was to bring these groups of people together. In truth, humanity speaking, we can hardly begin to imagine or hope for the kind of reconciliation amongst hostile groups that I've just listed here. Maybe the popular and the non-popular, but the other ones. It's going to take some work for them to come to agree, to live together, to support one another, to love one another as Christ loves us and asks, tells us, teaches us for us to love each other the same way. It can't, we might think it can't happen. Yet in Christ, it did. Yet in Christ, these two groups of people did. Because they were all included. We are all included. The Jews and the Greeks. The Jews and the Ephesians. Us and them. That neighbour that you absolutely despise, they are included too. The gospel is that radical, that explosive, that revolutionary, that mind-boggling, upside-down kingdom to tame the gospel, to reduce it to some easy steps towards being nicer, to being more de- domesticated, and to make it apply to only the small things in our lives is absolutely ridiculous in my eyes. Because, and it would be a disservice to God and to Christ who went so far to bring out a kind of new world in which Paul writes about in Ephesians 2. To do we dare in this disruptive age even to dare to dream such dreams? Do we dare to proclaim such a radical hope? Do we dare to call believers to live in such a radical way? And I say, yes, we do. Are you with me? Are you with me? Thank you. To lay down stuff to help work towards a place where we are at one with one another. Because together we are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. I'm not saying it's going to be easy either. It really isn't going to be easy. I, I, I know what happens in churches. It's not always easy. We have gripes, we have stuff, we have holdups, we have things, we have baggage. We have our own sin that needs to get laid down for Jesus' work here on earth for us to be used, but we've got to lay that down to work together to see this place, this world, these people, these groups that are opposed to one another be transformed. We need to work together. We are all included and we are not foreigners and strangers. And if you feel like a foreigner or a stranger to someone here today, go and say hello to them. Go and speak to them, invite them round for food, share a meal together, get to know each other. I see that some people who think are pretending not to know each other are saying hello at the front. (laughs) They do know each other. (laughs) But say hello to one another if you feel you don't know somebody here. Because no one is not included. So guys, you were once dead. You might even still be dead. I don't know, you might have changed your mind about giving your life to Jesus while well, I've said this. I hope you have. That was the aim. <laughs> you were once by dead, were dead, but by grace you were given a free gift. And you are all included. Now, let me entertain myself for a moment here. There's a lovely cute film called Babe. Over and over again, the narrator of the film would refer to the sheep dogs and their attitudes towards the other sheep dogs and their attitudes towards each different farm animal. And the line is always the same. Everyone knew that the sheep were stupid, and there was nothing in the world that would convince the dogs otherwise. Of course, the humorous irony of the film is that every species thought the same about every other species, except that, as the viewers, we know it's not true. They're all intelligent in their own way. They could talk to each other and reason with each other, respect each other, if they only tried. At the end, everyone's affection for the little pig babe, the pig who thinks he's a sheepdog, forces the groups to try and communicate. And when they do, amazing things happen. They understand each other, they can help each other, and can transform life on Hoggett Farm as a result. You're laughing, but. You may laugh at that illustration, but the filmmakers clearly structured this film to force us to make the connection to our own lives as people. What group of other do we have hard and fast beliefs about that we are sure that no one could ever talk us out of? that causes us to not include them in, this, in Christ's kingdom? What do we need to lay down to become more like Christ? To remember that they are included together too. Because we once were dead, we were given grace and this free gift of life in Christ. Christ. We are all included, but friends, we exclude people. But we need to change, we need to lay that down, because we are not us and them, but one with Christ, because we are all included. Amen. So, friends, life with Christ is transformational isn't it just yeah we once were dead by grace we were saved and by grace we are included now i'd like you to close your eyes again i'm not going to do anything to you just want you to imagine again now think about your life living for christ If you haven't given your life to Jesus, think about what you think your life might be like. Or maybe you want to give your life to Jesus now. Think about what your life is like living for Christ now. For the grace that you were saved by. For the fact that you are included. What difference has this made To your life, Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you did for us on the cross. that that grand canyon of division was filled with soil so that two groups opposed to one another could come together so that everybody was included in Christ and i pray for all of us here as we reflect and remember of what our life once was but what it is now in Jesus Christ our Lord as we reflect on the difference a life with Jesus makes whether we had nothing before or had everything before and as hands are down if there's anyone here today who wants to give their life to Jesus I just ask that you put your hand up heavenly father for any where anybody is at today as they give their life to jesus lord i pray that you will show them the transformation the transformation that you have in their lives how you will change it how you will Use them for your kingdom and remind them over and over again and whatever they're feeling in that day, that they are included. Whatever lies say over them, they don't feel included, that they are in the kingdom of Christ. And I pray that for us too. That if any day we feel that we are excluded for whatever, Lord, that you will get rid of that lie. And that you remind us that we, again, are fully and wholly included. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us. We hope it blessed you. For more episodes and teachings, you can subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, or even share it on your socials. Tag us at Telfer Minster on Facebook or Instagram. For this and more, head to telferminster.org.uk.